welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Tell us a little bit more about yourself, Ellen. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, I'm originally from New Jersey. I came up here in the late 70s to uh, meet my pen pal, snail mail pen pal. Uh, and through my pen pal, I met my husband. And we started having this uh, long distance relationship back in the day when there was no Snapchat, no uh, Zoom or FaceTime or Facebook or Twitter or any of that stuff, just snail mail letters. And, uh, and we've been married now for 38 years and we have five adult sons, as you mentioned, 21 to 33. I'm sure there's a, a daughter up in heaven though. Uh, we have lost seven babies through miscarriage and ectopic pregnancy, uh, including uh, a set of twins in my first pregnancy. And I, I really believe that one of those pregnancies was a girl. I believe it was um, probably my fifth miscarriage. I really just had a strong feeling. And we named that baby Mary Elizabeth after um, my, um, my James's grandmother and my mother and grandmother. So we do have some daughters. Um, I didn't get the opportunity to raise them, but I will meet them someday in heaven and looking forward to that someday. Um, and uh, I just wanted to, I just wanted to start off <clears throat> with a uh, a scripture quote from uh, Psalm 127. Sons are a heritage from the Lord. Children a reward from Him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, are sons born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies at the gate. And that's Psalm 127.3. It's also the basis of why we named our publishing company Full Quiver Publishing. I think it's a pretty um, powerful scripture passage. And I, I don't think they mean just sons. Um, I think that's just the original translation. Um, but sons are definitely um, a gift. And sons are definitely different from from daughters. And I'm from a family where I have um, one younger sister, one older sister, and one younger brother, and one older brother. So I have one of everything. I am smack dab in the middle. And I've been able to see um, how boys were when they were teenagers and how uh, girls were when they were teenagers and when I was a teenager. So um, I've had a lot of experience in watching and also in raising. So um, it is difficult to raise virtuous sons in a world that embraces vice. Um, and it's not been easy. And it isn't easy. Um, but it is definitely possible. One of the things that we have done when the children were, when our boys were in the womb, was we started praying for them then. And we continue praying for them. My husband and I do the, um, we recite the rosary every evening, one decade for each son and their future spouse or their current spouse. Um, and I believe that's one of the most powerful things you can do for your kids is to pray for them and especially the rosary. Um, but keep in mind, our kids are human. We're all born with original sin. We all have a tendency to sin. And so um, it's really important to um, make use of the sacraments because they give us sanctifying grace. And it helps us uh, with our tendency to sin. It helps us to be more virtuous. Um, anyway, uh, if for some reason my husband and I can't do the prayer together, we usually do it separately. Uh, but it's still very powerful when parents pray together for their kids. We've also consecrated our kids to the Sacred, Heart, sacred Hearts of Jesus and Mary. Um, you know, the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Um, again, very powerful. Um, not all of our sons are currently practicing their faith, um, but some of them are, and some of them are you know, coming back. So um, it, all in good time and all in Our Lady and all in um, God's time. Really important for sons to uh, be a good example as a mother and as a father. Husbands are especially 
Um, it's especially important for husbands to treat their wives with love, even with reverence, respect, and kindness, uh, because your boys will grow up seeing that this is how um, a woman should be treated, how a girl should be treated. And um, so that's very important. Um, if, I mean, if the boy's father, if your son's father is not in the picture, it's, you can still do a great job by being a good example. I would also highly recommend um, you use a, a male relative um, to be a mentor or that sort of thing, but um, very important to um, be a good example and to pray for your kids. Um, hey. One thing I, go ahead, do you have a question? Yeah, yeah well, the, just the, it's, it's a little, it's a little thing and you kind of prompted me too, is that um, yes, you know, girls and, you know, boys are, are very different. And, uh, you know, my son used to always say, you know, make sure that you don't treat your son like she's a girl, right? Right. As a, as a mom, like a, as a woman, we've had the experience of being a woman, so we know what that is like. And so that when we have a son, we have to kind of make sure that, you know, he says, you know, like he used to always say to me, don't make your son put on a sweater when you're cold. Right. <laughs> and that is, I guess there's the, you know, the type of mom that is almost feminizing yes. her son. Right. And, yes. you know, I, I used to always say to, to my or to my husband, it's like, I, I can't tell my son that he is named after St. Michael the Archangel and then not let him play with a sword. Right? <laughs> like, uh, I, I have like this conviction that, um, that you know, men are inherently born with a need to protect and to provide. And one thing, and I read it, and I forget the book that I read it in, or maybe it was give, a grace given to me in prayer. But as mothers too, is to find your way into your either your daughter or even your like son's heart right? Yes. Because if you find your way into their heart, and it's, it could be through very, very, you know, little things, like, you know, like when my son was growing up, I, I, you know, he, he, he loved, you know, Domino's pizza. So every once in a while, I would surprise them at school and show up at school with this, I already packed him lunch, he had everything, but just like, to surprise him and do something that would delight him, you know? Yes. Um, yes. The more we do things that delight our children, the more we find our little way into their hearts, then... Absolutely. Right? There's, Absolutely, yeah. Then that's where the bond is, right? Like, geez, my mom really thinks I'm special, right? Right. right. And so I just... I wanted to sneak that in there. <laughs> no, no, and you know, I, you know, jumping off from that, uh, I, our sons have treated us with things that they know delight us. Like every now and then, um, one of our sons will bring me a, a smoothie from one of the smoothie places because they know I like smoothies, you know, or something special. Uh, and so, you know, it's also reciprocal when we do special things for our kids, whether they're boys or girls, um, they try to do special things for us too. And, and that's a really beautiful thing. Um, it, it's, uh, it really helps in terms of, I mean, as adult sons, you're not so much parenting them anymore as um, being, um, being someone to listen. And if they want advice and guidance, giving it to them kind of thing. Um, but this, this idea of um, um, unconditional love is so important, no matter boys or girls. Um, of course, boys, um, <laughs> I mean, from my experience, boys tend to, um, you know, step over the line just to see what it's going to do kind of thing. They tend to be more daredevils and they tend to get in more trouble 
than some girls. Not, you know, it's, it's um, one of our sons actually was arrested. I won't say who. Um, and the, the, it was, you know, it was turned over. It was not, um, he doesn't have a record. It, it's just, he was arrested and we had to go through the, the whole rigmarole. But um, we, the way we dealt with that was to be, um, was to love him and to not say, I thought we told you not to blah, 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 blah. Um, he already knew that. Yeah. He already knew it. He didn't need to hear, I told you so. So, you know, unconditional love with mercy and compassion, like the Father gives to us. We're not perfect. We make mistakes and the Father continues to love us. So we show that sort of unconditional love to our kids, no matter what they do, no matter what choice. Um, and I, you know, boys, well, teenagers' brains aren't, you know, they aren't uh, formed or developed properly until they're in their 20s. So these, you know, these decisions they make are sometimes out of, you know, just this impulse kind of thing. So I, I, yeah. I, do, I, I do have to say that uh, I, I was gonna, this is a terrible thing to admit myself. Um, you know, I, I'm almost afraid to say it, but I've often said like, like, I'm not great at unconditional love. I'm kind of like, no tattoos while you live under this roof. <laughs> you can pay your own rent because whatever money you're going to spend on a tattoo, I can actually put towards our line of credit. Right? So, <laughs> so, I, I'm a little, uh, you know, uh, you know, my son has told me, you know, mom, like you're harsh. And, and so I, I've had to... <laughs> I've had to kind of face my own sinfulness, you know, through yes. my children. But I, I do, I wonder if you have any thoughts on, you know, like there are boys that end up like hating their mothers or children that end up hating their mothers. And, um, and, 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 I, and I wonder sometimes why that might be. Right. And like, so this whole thing that you said, like this nagging constant, like, I told you so, and you're never going to amount to anything. Or the thing that just drives me crazy is listening to moms talk negatively about their sons, either like on the phone with the son in earshot. That is not a good thing to do. <laughs> not or, a good thing. Or like you're in front of church, you know, saying, oh, right. little Frankie, you can't believe, like they're humiliating right. their son. Um, I wonder too, if you have any thoughts on, you know, the absent mother, whether that can cause, you know, because I had a friend that was, um, she was like vice president of a major organization and she was constantly traveling Germany, Mexico, France, you know, all the time. And then um, her son was seven or eight years old at the time, and he started to like act out. And I was like, I'm like your son needs, like he, he needs you, he needs his mother, right? right? That's uh, usually why they misbehave. I think that there's a reason, either they're hurting for some reason, or they want attention or that sort of thing. And yeah. It, it's time. I mean, I was a stay-at-home mom. I, I wrote on the side and I, I did other things on the side, but I was always home. And um, I was always there so that they could come anytime they had any question or concern or whatever. And it's really, really important to keep the communication open. I mean, so, somebody once said to me, well, what if one of your sons came to you and said they thought they were gay? And I said, I would treat it the exact same way I've treated any of the things my sons have brought to us. Um, and that's with love and compassion and unconditional love. Yes, we know that same-sex attraction and the, the um, acting on same-sex attraction is sinful, but having the same-sex attraction is not the sin. It is an attraction you have. And so we would deal with it in a, in a loving, I hope loving and compassionate way. Our kids have come to us and said, oh, we're one son came and said, I'm moving in with my girlfriend. And of course we, we said, well, 
that's, you know, um, that's sinful behavior. Um, but we love you and, you know, you're going to have to deal with the consequences spiritually of that and, and that sort of thing. But um, anyway, well, he's... It's fantastic that you had the courage to call a spade a spade, right? Like, it's kind of like, that is, you know, I like, I, sometimes I'm afraid if I use the word sin with my son, he's like ears closed, right? But, right. It, but, but if I say like, you are withdrawing yourself from God's favor by doing that. And right. you're going to see a change in the, the blessings that come your way because that behavior is wrong. And I then do say it's a sin. <laughs> right. right. I, I sometimes am surprised. And these are like some of my like Catholic, even girlfriends that maybe aren't, you know, practicing the faith as seriously, but you know, there are moms that I see that their sons have, you know, the, the mom is basically buying the condoms, right? Like, just, just don't get her pregnant. Yes. Yes. Um, that's something that I don't personally agree with because it's encouraging sin. It's not encouraging a life away from sin. And, um, and I think, you know, I was in a, a pretty, good situation. There must be a better word than good. Um, it was a really um, firm foundation uh, because we homeschooled. And I'm not saying that homeschooling is for everyone. And I homeschooled back in the day when nobody homeschooled. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, in that respect, we were able to preserve a sense of innocence in our boys for at least some time anyway. Um, so there was no big rush to give that talk, if you know what I mean. Um, right. And I know with one of our sons, the one who is the chattiest, when James was ready to take him over to the studio, we have a studio for our company. And so when James was able to take him over to the studio, he said, yeah, we're going over to the studio to talk. And, and Ben's like, wait, or, I just said his name. Sorry about that. Um, and he said, wait, is this the talk? And, um, and James said, um, yeah, it's the talk and, you know, about babies and stuff. And he said, I'm not ready for that talk. <laughs> so, so he waited six months and, and he came to James and he said, um, I'm ready for the talk. So, um, but, you know, boys being boys, um, you know, we had a computer way back when, when our oldest was a teenager and we tried to keep it in a public spots so they wouldn't be they wouldn't be exposed to pornography and bad websites um but they do as they get into be teenagers boys being boys will try to find ways to get onto those websites because uh, young men tend to be very visual so we had um you know we had the talk about pornography um and how harmful it is and pornography essentially does the same thing to your brain as cocaine so um that's why it's so addictive and uh, one of our sons actually kept a crucifix and a statue of St. Joseph near his computer to remind him to not go to those bad websites because they are, they're addicting and it's hard to, um, it's hard to uh, resist the temptation, um, especially when you're a, a young man. So um, it's very important to um, warn them about that because it's a, it's a great plague in our world right now and um and it's important for the father to be very on board with it as well yeah and you and i had the great pleasure of uh, chatting with you a little bit earlier today and uh, like we're kind of both on the same page in terms of the importance of having conversations with your little boys when they're little boys right um right. i think that sometimes moms have a tendency and maybe this is just me i'm, I'm sorry if, but it's like sometimes we like talk at our sons um because our i know that our sons usual like you know some sons are talkative but uh, my experience has been that you know my son is um he's much more reserved he's a lot quieter he's more private and that frustrates me. So then I sometimes get louder and yes. harsher and, and then it doesn't draw him out. 
you know? And so having the gift of, um, you know, like not just hammering, which is a gift I need to work on. Um, it, it, but I remember, uh, again, I, this was just, I think, the grace of God when my son, you know, he was in elementary school. And I said to him, you know, you're going to go to be going to high school soon. And in high school, certain things are going to kind of like happen. You're going to have, you know, friends that are going to show you crazy, gross pictures. And if right. something in your heart and in your mind tells you it's gross, it's ugly, and it's unnecessary, then it is. Like, you, right. I want you to trust your heart. Like, I want you to trust right. your heart. And I want you to know that you can tell mommy and daddy anything. We will not get mad, right? And then also having the conversation about, you know, the two types of girls, right? That, you know, because, you know, like, I think I remember once uh, I was in elementary school and not I was, my son was in elementary school and you know, his, his teacher, grade, I don't know, grade five or six, said, I know, you know, Mrs. I got to talk to you, I have to talk to you, I have a bit of a problem with Michael, I need to talk to you. I said, oh, sure, let me come, 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 come. And uh, he goes, you know what? He goes, like, your son really knows how to flirt. And he's got the hole right in his hand. And I'm like, I'm not going to get my, tr my son in trouble for that. <laughs> right? <laughs> I am actually delighted that he knows how to uh, engage and enjoy uh, girls. You know, I know that I'm taking him to hockey arenas and I know that he's doing his homework and I know that he's not going out anywhere because he's always, you know, my son, my husband kept my son very busy with, you know, uh, baseball, ring it, uh, hockey. Um, you know, I had him into choir, good shepherd, like our, our strategy was to keep our kids extremely busy. Right. Um, it, but, but this whole idea of having conversations, you had mentioned that there were a couple of conversations that you made sure to have with your sons too. Yes. Yes. And the other thing that it's really important to pick up on the visual clues if your son comes home from school or if your son is still homeschooling and he's walking around and he's moping and you know something is bothering him, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, you seem to be troubled. Is there something wrong? You could talk to me or whatever. Um, and one thing is two things very interesting with one of our sons. Uh, when he went to high school, he was homeschooled for his whole um, until he was 13 or 14, whatever you are, when you go into grade nine. And he came home one day and he said, you know, I'm going to stop hanging around with the boys because all they can do is talk about girls like their body parts. And he said, I don't like that. So he then became friends with girls, like just friends. Um, of course, then he found out that there were some girls that wanted to do more things. And so he found out the hard way that you know, um, there are some girls that who, who do that sort of thing. And, and so he would tell these girls that, you know, um, I'm waiting until I get married um, because I want to be faithful to my, my wife now, you know. So like oh my God, that's so beautiful. <laughs> and when he was in college, it was worse because he was, he, he was approached um, he was in a dorm in, in university and he was approached by both gay and heterosexual men and women. Um, and, you know, he said, oh, no, I'm, I'm waiting until marriage to, to have sex. I'm trying to be faithful. And, and um, the one girl, the one person, this girl said to him, you know, you're the only guy on this floor that I haven't whatever. And he said, and that's going to be the way it stays. So, and he eventually uh -oh. did get married and, and was faithful and, and uh, waited until marriage and, and that sort of thing. And he's looked at as being a little weird in the film industry, um, but I think they respect him because he, he lives a very good Christian life and yet he, he works with transgenders and, and, and um, 
people who are gay and, and all kinds of people and atheists and whatever, and he treats everyone with love and respect and kindness. So um, that's really when the way you act is probably the best thing you can do rather than saying words, you know? I don't know how that, that quote goes or St. Francis de Sales, you know, um, evangelize and if you need to use words or something like that. Um, that was such a but, beautiful, yeah. beautiful, beautiful, uh, just beautiful comment or testament, not even comment. Um, I, I just wanted to turn to the moms that are here um, if there's any questions that you have, um, uh, please, you know, put them in the, the, the chat box. Um, you know, we, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, I guess, too, I don't know if you have any comments or thoughts that, you know, my husband used to always say to me, he goes like, Dorothy, you have to remember being a boy is different from being a girl. And that, you know, boys like to tumble, they like to fight, they like to punch, they like to push themselves and challenge themselves physically. And, um, you know, that as mothers, um, you know, we need to sort of allow a healthy expression uh, right. of aggression, right? Because if we're stripping them of, you know, anything that's masculine, boy, like we're, we're in trouble. Yes. And yes. I, I don't know if you have any words or thoughts for, you know, maybe. Well, our, our boys, um, James and our boys um, played music from a very young age. Uh, and I think that um, their being able to play music and especially rock music. My husband loves Rush. So they were playing, you know, they learned how to play Rush songs. Um, and um, yeah, so that really helps. It's also helpful for the dad to be in tune with the mother and for the parents to be, um, you know, together on any sort of discipline. Because uh, if they're not, they know that it, Sometimes if they come to me, they're going to get an easier <laughs> discipline than they would get from, from my husband. So we do have to um, be united and we do have to let them run off their, we live in the country and our kids ran all over the place. They'd play um, Lord of the Rings with their swords and stuff like that. And they could go all over the place. Yeah, there, there's some question here and I, sure. I really, really welcome um, any of you to answer this question. I know that our session seems to have been focused a little bit more on older boys. And so uh, Rose Giorgio is asking, do we have any advice um, for on boys um, as young children, specifically in teaching them empathy you know so maybe you've got like the fiery boy that's just like all over the right. place and has no empathy right. do you have any thoughts on that or um i do actually and um it's interesting because i have three older boys and our two younger boys it's like it's a there was four years in between the two groups so um and especially our youngest um was kind of an only child uh for three or four years when the um when our fourth son uh went off but um yeah it's really important for them to um to recognize that they are not the center of the universe that god is the center and that other people are as important or more important than us and you know especially in terms of dealing with other children and dealing with other um you know, with friends and that sort of thing. Um, it is a, probably a little more challenging with an only child than with a larger family, but it's definitely a teachable moment. And anytime you could certainly use a kid crying at a, a grocery store as a lesson on empathy. Um, and the parent, depending on the parent's actions, whether the parent is, is showing some good discipline or whether parent is showing some not so good discipline like yelling and screaming um that can be a really good lesson for um for a young boy to see when out with um his parents i don't know do you have any other thoughts on that well i i one thing i, I do want to recommend for folks is that like i'm a big avid reader and i really enjoyed um 
Dr. James Dobson's book on bringing up boys. Yes. A lot of practical information. That's a great book. Um, the, the other book, um, although I haven't read it, uh, but I've heard great things about it, um, you know, is uh, Becoming the Man That uh, God Made You to Be by um, Father Larry Richards. Um, yes. I love reading books on fatherhood and then slipping them to my <laughs> husband. Yes. I really enjoy yes. the father of St. Therese, um, you know, Joseph of Nazareth. Joseph's Way is another, you know, fantastic yes. book. Um, there's another question here that I wanted to ask you. Um, uh, my 13-year-old son is entering a phase of starting to doubt God's existence a bit. As his knowledge of science and logic grows, he doubts about his faith. How can I help him grow in his faith while he's entering into this phase? Um, do you have any thoughts on, on that? Well, yeah. Um, faith and science don't necessarily contradict. And my husband is a, is a great believer in that. Um, so I think it's important to, to help him and to, I don't have books off the cuff, but there are great books which show the, the beautiful complementarity, if I'm saying that right, uh, between faith and science. And that could certainly help. Um, and it's important not to diminish or, um, you know, not to, um, uh, to respect that they're having this, you know, doubt or they're having these thoughts and, and help them in, in, um, you know, formulating them and developing them towards, um, a faith-filled scientific life. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a, there's, a, I, I don't know it off the top of my head, but I'm going to look it up because there, there is actually a remarkable website that was started um, for exactly this purpose, like to show the, the connection between science and yes. uh, science and the Catholic faith. Uh, um, I, I also wanted to mention here and welcome uh, Kathy Haynes is one of our mother's group leaders at St. Bernadette's Parish. She's actually been a mother's group leader for 11 years. So I'd like wow. to <laughs> I've been running my own mother's group for 23 years. And when uh, Kathy and I connected, I was just so thrilled to find uh, another mom. But she recommends the book, and I'm, I should have recommended that book, is uh, Boys Will Be Boys by Dr. Megan, or Meg Meeker. So. Yes. Um, you know, it, it's so important that as mothers, that we change tactics as our children age, sort of transitional yes. mothering, right? Yes. You can't treat your 19-year-old as if he were a seven-year-old. Correct. You can't expect, like if you have a self-centered three-year-old boy, you know, we can't expect him to be a wise 30-year-old, right? right. Sometimes, right. Uh, you know, a self-centered boy that's two years old, you know, like, I remember once I was in one of these Catholic mothers groups, and the mom was like, my son is three years old, and he's stomping around the house, and he's showing no appreciation, so we took away all of his toys, and we put them in a closet, and showed him that he can't be so selfish, and I was like, oh. I'm like, are you nuts? That's a, that's a develop, developmental stage. Yes, however, that, that's true, however, one thing that I like to do when my boys were two and three and four was when I made a big batch of cookies, they would have to wait. Sometimes it would be a minute, sometimes two minutes, depending. Um, I still wanted them to have them warm, um, but it would be, they would be standing there like, oh my gosh, this is like, oh, how am I going to get through this? It's, you know. But it gives them practice. And the other important thing is, do not give your kids everything they ask for. Um, 
they could get a job when they're a certain age and work and buy all the, the electronics or Nintendo or, or that sort of thing. Um, and I mean, with five kids, we financially couldn't afford to give them everything they, they ever wanted. So, so that works well. And then toys were also handed down, which is also a real advantage. Toys and clothes were handed down to, to younger kids. But um, one more thing I wanted to mention about puberty. Puberty is easier. <laughs> At least with my five boys, it was easier than I remember I remember going through puberty and I remember my younger sister and my older sister going through puberty and it was, you know, a lot easier with boys and, um, but still it, it's, it's a transition and their brains aren't fully developed. So they're not going to make great decisions sometimes. Yeah. And I, I, I wanted to speak to the mom again, who mentioned that her, her son is, you know, has a, a interest in science and, has got a sort of academic mind and you know my heart goes out to you because I, I'm I, I have to admit it there's no other way but to admit it is like my, my son um, who's I guess 23 now he has far outread Dorothy Polarski he has he's just he's a lot smarter than I am he's um, uh, more well-read than I am. He is an extremely intelligent, thoughtful uh, son that calls me out on the carpet often, and often he's correct, right? And, and so I have had to be very careful because if I'm like the dogmatic crazy devotional you know lady that's like throwing the rosary at him and throw you know and just being emotional to all of his intellectual rigor i, I know i'm going to turn him off and so you right. know I, I have had to say okay you know who are the male thinkers in the catholic world and i have had to send him um you know articles, uh, YouTube videos. I have, I have had to say to him, like, look, I can't explain everything I know I have in my head and in my heart. I've read about 80% of the catechism, but I could never recite it. And I would just always leave the catechism on the kitchen table. I right. said, I said, Michael, right. there's always an answer, you know, and here's right. the Vatican website. There are encyclicals. And I want you to talk to your father. Like my, my husband has right. um, three master's degrees right. and he's a convert. And right. so I'm like, I have to recognize my own limitations and I have right. to recognize that my son is a thinker. And I've had to at times take him to, let's say mass at the oratory, um, uh, you know, on King Street, because I know the quality of the homilies are like more cerebral and, right, and, and right. It, you know, but then he's yeah. got a bit of charismatic in him too, if it's too heady and it's not from the heart. Right. So like, yeah. just kind of like traveling with your son or your daughter and, and recognizing um, the other thing too, I'm sorry if I'm going on too much, but uh, no, I'm, a, I'm a big believer too in, in mother's, claiming and asserting their authority as a matriarch in the family, right? Yes. And do not forget that our blessed mother, she put had her foot down on Satan, right? Yes. <laughs> and so I, I am definitely like a don't mess with me mama, right? Yes. Um, and so, uh, you know, I have a conviction that we are given a deposit of grace for the children that come into our lives, whether yes. they're adopted, whether, you know, there are birth children. And we have to be loyal to that grace that has yes. been given to us. And motherly intuition is something that our busy world has almost destroyed because we've been so busy that we no longer yes. listen to the supernatural spiritual graces right. that have been given to us, right? And like, if you know your son is lying or if you know your husband is up to no good, 
I always say you pray on it, girl, and you remain loyal to that yes. that that mama bear yes. supernatural grace that's uh, that's been given to you. Anyway, I just realized it's um, three oh six. Oh my gosh! Well, um, I'm I'm happy to answer this uh, this question if okay. or you can if you want. No, no, no. You go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, when thirteen years boy starts threatening to another mom what should we do if we hear he is a neighbor's son he went to catholic school last year um yeah i if it's if it's her son telling about another boy i don't know if i have this right jane but if if it's your son telling about a kid at school who is threatening another mom that's cause for concern um, that is not something that um, should be dealt with lightly. But again, it's, um, I mean, I remember bringing my kids to school um, back when they were, you know, I, before I homeschooled. And I remember little boys using the F word and stuff. And, um, you know, so it was something that I actually saw. If you didn't actually see it or hear it, um, that can be a little bit more difficult, uh, but if there's a threat being made, it definitely needs to be dealt with. And um, I mean, the fact that somebody goes to Catholic school doesn't necessarily mean that, it, you know, a boy is going to be a saint. Um, it could mean the opposite. So um, I would just find out as much information as you can and um, um, try to get uh, somebody working on that issue from the school. I don't know, Dorothy, do you have any? Uh, I'm just uh, like, we've had a variety of situations and like sometimes, you know, I've heard that, you know, someone has told one of my kids that they're threatening like to commit suicide. And yes. so whether it's suicide, whether it's, uh, I have a conviction to treat those things very seriously. I always say, like, first consult with, you know, a professional in the area, right? So you could even kind of like phone a mental health crisis center or you could phone the distress center or phone the police and say, this is what I'm hearing. I'm sure you've heard this hundreds of times. What's the right thing to do, right? I like if there's a threat and suicide, I'm like, I'm calling the police to that number. I'm not going to have you on the phone right. all night talking right. to this person, talking them out of suicide, because you, you, you want to make sure that they get help if they need help, right? right? And if, you know, you don't threaten the life of another person, like that is serious, right? right? Um, I'd rather like act on the side of seriousness and make sure that no one's killed versus just kind of hoping that it's not serious. Um, uh, it didn't happen at school, but it, it is proper to talk with the principal. I don't want to say anything because I don't know all the details. Yeah. And so I would definitely, you know, pray to the Holy Spirit. I would definitely maybe yes. talk to even a priest first. Like I have the blessing of having a, a spiritual director. So um, I, I wouldn't just get on the phone and call the principal, but I'd definitely do some praying. Absolutely. Um, there's another question here. Uh, all of my friends' kids are girls, so my four-year-old son has only them as friends. How do I ensure he plays well with them without stifling his boy spirit of adventure and energetic play? Oh, wow. Um, I've seen some little girls be very adventurous, and uh, I guess it depends if they're the little girls are very... I personally was not one of these little girls that were very dainty and, you know, I was a tomboy um, because I much preferred to play sports and things like that. Um, however, you know, I think that it's, I don't think it's an issue. I think that it's, you can still encourage this, um, you know, uh, exuberant spirit regardless of, of the, um, who the playmates are. Um, now, granted, I always had, um, there were always friends of mine that wanted to play um, house. Some of my boyfriends wanted to play house, so I would have to be the bride. I didn't have any 
any option in that and he would be the groom and that sort of thing. Um, but that's, I mean, those are kids and those are, you can certainly, um, you could certainly encourage developmenting or developing, um, you know, exuberant play um, with, you know, with a ball and with, um, with running around games like tag. I know people play with, even kids play with electronics now, but there is nothing better than a great game of tag or um, what was the other one that my kids used to play because um, we used to have the homeschooling meetings sometimes here so there'd be a ton of kids around and nobody could be on an electronic device they all had to play like, outside or even maybe challenging the sun to climb a tree you know right. uh, or you know rough and tumbling with the dad there's another question here how important is it to cater to his feelings and emotions uh, when he is under three rather than teaching discipline or worrying about self-centeredness? I try to emotion coach a lot. Is that wrong? Is that, do you have any thoughts? I, on that? I would not say that is wrong. Um, there is nothing wrong with, with being empathetic. Um, using the, the, example of of the three-year-old waiting the one minute for the cookie the first few times it would be a temper tantrum screaming crying i want that cookie you know how two-year-olds and three -year -olds are, <laughs> and they want it now um i would just say i know it's really hard the minute's almost up. oh there goes the bell you can have a cookie now and then of course it would stop but it gets to a point where you have to be consistent you can't be giving in. Because he cries, you can't give him the cookie early. Um, it's not like I, I make them wait 15 minutes or anything, which would be horrible for a two or three year old. But I do remember one instance where my youngest was a three year old and we were in one of the, one of the uh, department stores up here and he wanted a Ninja Turtle. And I said, wow, your birthday's coming up soon. And um, maybe you could get that for your birthday. And he said, no, I want it now. I mean, even with the, the patient's training, they sometimes just, and he was having a, um, a temper tantrum in the middle of the store. So I just picked him up and I just walked him out of the store and people must've thought I was smacking the heck out of him, which I wasn't. As soon as I got him in the, in the chair, um, he stopped and, and I said, I'm really sorry that you felt so, you know, that you screamed and all. And, and then I had to take you out of the store, but it was, you know, and he's like, okay. And, and that was the end of it. So yeah, you can be, you can feel for him. He's going through this. You can certainly be, um, you know, feel the emotions he's feeling and feel for him and try to tell him you understand he's having a hard time. But um, discipline does eventually come in. I, I was uh, attending a conference. I don't personally believe in, in a corporal punishment. I do believe in, in discipline, but I don't believe in corporal punishment. And um, this one Catholic speaker got up at this conference years ago and talked about using the switch on her nine-month-old. Um, and I just, I just, you know, my friend who is sitting next to me, she could just feel the tension in the room. And I looked at her one son who was on, you know, in the front, front uh, section and his leg was just going like this. And I wondered, I don't know whether he picked that up during the switch phase or what, but um, I just totally just did not agree with that because yes, even at two and three kids are still going through, you know, they're still developing and they're still getting the idea of what's bad and what's good. And maybe I shouldn't do that. I mean, even my, my 15 month old grandson he knows I don't like it when he throws pitches things off of his high chair and I'll look at him real cross and he'll he'll look at me and he'll say hi like he knows I'm cross and he's trying to be cute to make me not cross so they they know um you know they know how to play you sometimes and it's important not to give in to that although i'm sure i wasn't perfect i'm sure i gave in as a as a mom but that was a great question 
Yeah, and you have I, any comments on that? Well, the the and we'll be closing soon because all of this excitement dialogue. I, I got a realizing I, I'm taking more of your time than I than I promised, but. Um, the, the one thing like we did in our family have a lot of conversations about feelings. And so, you know, we could say, oh, you can feel happy, you could feel frustrated, you could feel uh, angry, you could feel joyful, you could, you know, there's all sorts, but I always say, like, I always used to like to say, um, and I don't know whether this was right or wrong to do, but I, I would often say, well, you know, as a mother, do you think I feel like making dinner every day, right? No, but I do it because it's the right thing to do, right? Um, you know, do you think I feel like picking you up from school? Well, no, some days I just rather just, you know, sit home and eat a donut. And they're like, mom, you're not gonna not pick us up, are you? I said, no, but I'm just trying to teach you that yes, some feelings are very important and we need to listen to them but other feelings need to be taken under our control and we have to talk to ourselves and fight with ourselves. And right. do, you know. love, love is a choice. It is a choice to will the good of the other, according to St. John Paul II. Love is a choice. Yeah. And it, we don't always want to do things. We don't, you know, but we still choose to do them because we are called to do them. And, um, there's nothing wrong, wrong with, with acknowledging our, our son's um, feelings for anything. And the one other one thing about feelings is um, it's okay for a man to cry. Yeah. Um, my mother-in-law, God rest her soul, um, when our boys would cry, when they were three, four, and five, she'd say, oh, don't be a baby. You know, big boys don't cry. And it's like, hmm. Well, yes, yeah, sometimes do. They do cry because something, someone close to them has died or they, you know, whatever. Um, and crying is, is fine. Yeah, and so. there's, there's a comment here, which, oh, I just, I love it's it. It's a great comment, yeah. yeah Judith, I, I, uh, I love hearing from you. Raise a boy to be a man that a woman would actually want to marry. Unless, of course, the Lord is calling him to a different vocation. Um, talk to your boys about this superpower, the power of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. And so that is, that's I, phenomenal. That's I, really... Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Um, I'm going to close our, our meeting today. Just before you close, I'm just going to put a couple of links. Oh, please do. Um, just if you're, if you're interested in seeing some of my books or my publishing company, I'm just going to post a couple of um, links and that's my publishing company. This is my, my Amazon page to all my books. Um, some of my books are in other languages. So yeah. What countries have some of your books uh, uh, been sold in? Um, oh, all, all kinds of um, Brazil, um, Australia, um, France, what kind of books do you write? I, didn't, I should have asked you a little bit more about that. I write um, Catholic fiction, mostly. Um, so there, there are the, the three links. They're all together in the one, one thing there. I write Catholic fiction uh, with a theology of the body um, theme, uh, the uniqueness of the human person. Uh, you know, that is so important in, in any sort of uh, fiction to show um, the unrepeatable uniqueness of each human person. Um, and that's why we grieve when we have a miscarriage because that person who has died in the womb will never be exactly like another person, even if it's a sibling. So, um, and, and the other thing I wanted to mention is um, if you have, have had um, miscarriages or have lost a baby through stillbirth or, or early infancy, you can always pray to that child. Uh, that child is in heaven before the throne of God. Um, and what better intercessor than one of our own? Yeah. And uh, so Judith again says, thanks, Ellen. I had the great blessing of attending the Dynamic Women oh, of wonderful. Faith Conference when you were one of the speakers. Um, Wonderful. Uh, and would it be appropriate for some of the moms here to buy your books for their children? 
Um, it depends like on the ages. What's the age range? Yeah, um, I, I wrote a, a World War I um, historical romance, but it's, it's more um, relational. Uh, that's appropriate for probably um, girls. Usually it's the girls who are readers, girls 12 and older. Uh, my other novels are probably a little more um, mature for uh, high school and college. Um, and, but they can look on, on my website, they can look on, uh, my blog, which I mentioned, and, and, but, but who's uh, a typical reader, is it like a, a typical a reader is, you know, 16 and up, 16 to 90. Yeah, okay. Um, and there are some young adult. Yeah, because Christmas is coming up, so people might want to, you know, buy a book for a family member, or they might want to buy a book for themselves if you enjoy Catholic, uh, and all of the all of my books are on Kindle for a much less, you know, most of them are two ninety nine and three ninety nine. Now, so. Ellen, I was talking to you a little bit earlier about uh, having you on again, so sure. that those people that wanna like, because I know a lot of Catholic moms want to write a book, you know, sure, uh, and maybe can we have you on again to talk absolutely. About you know, because I know that you're a, a writing coach, right? And uh, I am. I'm a book coach and a publisher and an editor, and yeah, we we do it all. My husband and I. And, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, but one one more thing I want to ask for just before we went on, a friend of mine in BC asked if we would pray for her friend who is in an abusive situation and, and is in trouble or is in danger of having her kids taken away from her by the abusive spouse. And I don't know her name, but if you could all keep her in prayer, um, that would be appreciated by, by her and by me. Yeah, so uh, just a shout out if all of you could pray for a special intention for um, Ellen, uh, Ellen's friend. And, you know, we also, we, we just ask you to pray for the ministry. There's, uh, you know, so many projects that we have on the go and so many things that we'd like to accomplish. If there's any way that you think you could help the ministry, um, please, you know, we want to reach out to mothers um, so that they know how important their role is. And there is such a need and uh, we have so many great ideas. <laughs> I can only divide myself so many different ways. Right, right. Um, but we love helping moms start mothers groups um, because it's, I have a personal conviction that if you start a mothers group, you sitting there watching today, if you start a mothers group, you then affect at least 20 or 30 lives, right? And so uh, I, if we get one mother's group out of today's session, my heart would just go to heaven and back, right? Because uh, as Catholic mothers, we need one another, right? And we do. Um, in this kind of crazy Instagram world where everybody lives look so perfect, I want to see more Catholic, authentic moms supporting one another and, you know, right. growing in the recognition of how important our role is, and I always like to say to moms, you know, ask yourself, what would Mother Mary do? Yes. What would our Blessed Mother do? So I'm just going to close today's um, session with a prayer to the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, I adore you. Enlighten me, guide me, strengthen me, console me, tell me what I should do. Give me your orders. I promise to submit myself to all that you desire of me and to accept all that you permit to happen to me. Let me only know your will. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you for joining us today. We love hearing from you. So please send us an email, send Ellen an email. Um, if you enjoyed it, let us know. And um, we look forward to seeing you next week. Next week, we have a, a, another guest. We have uh, Dr. Ray joining us next week. Um, so uh, we look forward to, to that. Please share our invites to all of your friends. You know, share the invites on Facebook. I always say that 
you know, we can reach so many more women. And uh, one of the silver lining of COVID is that we can have Ellen with us at our kitchen table, whereas that wouldn't have been able to happen uh, pre-COVID. So anyway, thank you everybody for joining us. Thank you, Ellen. Sorry it took a little bit longer, but Not a problem. Happy there were so many questions that were coming up, which was great. So thank you so much. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Love you, you all, uh, and thank God you. God bless everybody. God bless you. Please pray for us. We're praying for you. Okay. Amen. Bye now. Bye. Bye.